Welcome to the podcast of Woburn Baptist Church. We hope that you enjoy listening to the sermons and other audio provided by us. Feel free to share what you find here, and we hope that it will be beneficial to you as you seek to know and follow Christ. This morning we're going to be looking at John chapter 5. John chapter 5, we're going to begin in verse 30. Uh, We'll be finishing off this chapter. Um, just kind of setting this in context, looking at what we've already been looking at to this point. There were two healing miracles, we remember. The first one, um, there was a man who came to Jesus saying, please, please do something. My son is at the point of death. He's going to die. Would you please, Jesus, do something? And Jesus doesn't go with him. He doesn't come to see the son by his deathbed, doesn't come and touch him or anything like that. No, Jesus just says, your son lives. The man believes Jesus' words. He goes home and he finds that his son lived. Then we follow up with another miracle. And it has to do very much, it's following the same pattern where Jesus speaks, the man believes, and he is healed. This man has been sick for 38 years, lying by the pool of Bethesda. And what does Jesus do? He says, rise, take up your bed and walk. The man hears Jesus' word, he believes Jesus' word, and he obeys and gets up and he walks. And then we have this conflict with the Pharisees, with the Jews of the day. Jesus was being criticized because he healed on the Sabbath and then his answer just made things worse, didn't it? His answer was, well, my father has been working until now, and even I am also working. So he claims that God is his father. And last week we we looked at this passage where Jesus was claiming divine prerogative, saying that he would be the judge who would one day come at the end of time and, and be the judge when all the dead are raised some to a a resurrection of life and some to a resurrection of judgment. Jesus, in this passage we're looking at tonight, today, he tells tells us why we can believe this claim. Why is it we can believe what he said about himself? He gives witnesses, four witnesses to be exact, of why the Jewish people of his day could believe and why we can believe what Jesus was saying. Jesus, the the Jews were not too far off. (laughs) For anybody else to say what Jesus was saying would have been blasphemy. For anybody else to say, God is my Father, if it wasn't true, they would have been right. But it was true. And Jesus here in the passage we're looking at today, He gives us four witnesses, four reasons why we can believe Jesus' claims were true. We're going to read John chapter 5, beginning verse 30. I can do nothing on my own. As I hear... I judge, and my judgment is just, because I seek not my own will, but the will of him who sent me. If I alone bear witness about myself, my testimony is not true. 
there is another who bears witness about me. And I know that the testimony that he bears about me is true. You sent to John, and he has borne witness to the truth. Not that the testimony that I receive is from man, but I say these things to you, so say these things so that you may be saved. He was a burning and shining lamp, and you were willing to rejoice for a while in his light. But the testimony that I have is greater than that of John. For the works that the Father has given me to accomplish, the very works that I am doing, bear witness about me that the Father has sent me. And the Father who sent me has, borne him, has himself borne witness about me. His voice you have never heard, his form you have never seen, and you do not have his word abiding in you, for you do not believe the one who, whom he has sent. You search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life. It is they that bear witness about me. Yet you refuse to come to me that you may have life. I do not receive glory from people. But I know that you do not have the love of God within you. I have come in my father's name and you do not receive me. If another comes in his own name, you will receive him. How can you believe? When you receive glory from one another and do not seek the glory that comes only from the only God. Do not think that I will accuse you to the father. There is one who accuses you, Moses, on whom you have set your hope. For if you believed Moses, you would believe me, for he wrote of me. But you do not believe his writings. How will you believe my words? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. Your word is a light unto our feet, a, a lamp unto our feet, and a light unto our path. Lord, help us to hide your word in our hearts that we may not sin against you. Lord, help us to see you as the most glorious treasure of all Lord, we need your spirit to enlighten our eyes, to help us so that we believe. Lord, open our eyes that we see glorious things on these pages. Give us ears to hear. Lord, be with me. Give me strength, though I'm weak. In Jesus' name, amen. Jesus was giving four witnesses to why we could believe what he said was true. I'm going to begin in verse 31. He says, if I alone bear witness about myself, my testimony is not true. That's what Jesus was saying. If it's just me, if it's just, if it's just me, a man saying, God is my father, I'm God, I'm going to come and judge someday. Then he said, my testimony is not true. But he says, it's not just me. There is other witnesses. The next verse says, there is another who bears witness about me. And I know that the testimony that he bears is true. He lists us four witnesses. First of all, John the Baptist. He says, you sent to John and he has borne witness to the truth. Not that the testimony I receive is from man. But I say these things so that you may be saved. He was a burning and shining lamp. And you were willing to rejoice for a while in his light. 
John the Baptist, this forerunner of Jesus, this one who was a a close relative of Jesus, the one who was uh, foretold by the prophets in the past. Isaiah wrote, there is one who would coming who would prepare the way of the Lord. Malachi wrote of the one who would come who would bring the hearts of the children back to the fathers and the fathers to the children. This one who would be like Elijah, who would come at the last day before the day of the Lord. Jesus is here telling us the first witness that he lists here is John the Baptist. John was coming. His testimony coincided with what Jesus' testimony. And remember what John the Baptist's testimony was? Whenever he saw Jesus, he looked at Jesus and he said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. The testimony of John was that Jesus was the Lamb of God. The Lamb, the one who would take away our sins. The one who would be crucified on an old rugged cross. The one who would take our sins upon Himself, receive the punishment that we deserve, and take away all of our sin. That was the testimony of John. That was the testimony that Jesus points to to say, you can believe what I'm saying about myself. The next He says in verse 36, but the testimony I have is greater than that of John. There's a greater testimony than even John's. For the works that the Father has given me to accomplish, the very works that I am doing bear witness about me that the Father has sent me. So Jesus Jesus is here saying, there's a second witness. First was John the Baptist, now it's my works. The very works that Jesus was sent into the world to do, those were the testimony about him. We've seen some of his works in this book, in John. We've seen him turn water into wine. We've seen him heal this man's son from a long distance. We saw him raise up a man who had been lying sick for 38 years. Jesus says those works, those were the things that testify to who He is. You can believe Jesus' word because of the works that He did. Those works testify to who He really was. He was the Son of God. He had authority over disease. He could do anything. Then the third witness. Verse 37, And the Father who sent me, has himself borne witness about me. His voice you have never heard. His form you have never seen. And you do not have his word abiding in you, for you do not believe the one whom he has sent. The Father himself is another witness. This is why we can believe what Jesus said. And how John doesn't record the baptism of Jesus and what we see at that baptism, does he? We see it in the other Gospels, though. Where when Jesus was baptized, we hear this voice from heaven say, Behold, my Son, in whom I am well pleased. The Father Himself bore witness to who Jesus was by speaking out loud so that those who believed could hear. But here Jesus says, You don't believe. You you didn't hear His voice. You didn't hear or, or see His form You don't have His Word abiding in you, for you have not believed in the One whom He has sent. 
So whenever Jesus was baptized, whenever the heavens opened and they heard Him speak, they heard the Father speak, those who believed could hear. But those who didn't believe who Jesus was, they couldn't hear. These Jews who were there criticizing Jesus for saying that He was the Son of God, they couldn't hear this testimony. You know how often we want to see something. We want to see some evidence before we will believe. But Jesus flips this on its head. He says, you won't see it. You haven't heard it because you don't believe. Jesus was right there in front of them. His, man, his works were manifest in front of them. John's testimony testified about, fight about Jesus. But they couldn't hear the Father because they didn't believe in the Son. Then the final witness that we see here, verse 39, you search the Scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life. And it is they that bear witness about Me. Yet you refuse to come to Me that you may have life. I do not receive glory from people, but I know that you do not have the love of God within you. I'm going to skip ahead. Verse 45 says, Do not think that I will accuse you to the Father. There is one who accuses you, Moses, on whom you have set your hope. For if you believed Moses, you would believe me, for he wrote of me. But if you do not believe his writings, how will you believe my words? I read from our scripture reading a passage from Deuteronomy. There was a promise that there would one day be someone who would be a prophet like Moses. And God tells Moses to tell the people, when that prophet like me comes, listen to him. Some have, throughout church history, those who interpreters have, have looked at that and said, well, that's pointing forward to the line of prophets. But I think it points to something greater. We've already had a connection in the book of John between Jesus and Moses. Uh, John chapter 1 says, the law came through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. I think this prophet like Moses was one of the things that Moses wrote about Jesus. And we can look at the the books that Moses wrote from Genesis to Deuteronomy, we see from the very third chapter of, well, from the first chapter, it says, let us create man in our image. Where you see there's a plurality within God. And then in chapter 3, there is that promise that one day there would be a seed of the woman who would come and crush the serpent's head. The promise that one day there would be a Messiah who would come and reverse the curse. Moses wrote of the Messiah. Roses wrote. Moses wrote of Jesus. And you see at the very end of Genesis, you see this testimony of, of Joseph, uh, Jacob blessing all of his sons. And whenever he comes to Judah, he says that the serpent, or the, the, the um, scepter will not depart from Judah. Prophesying that this, this messianic line, this line of the seed of the woman would come from the line of Judah. Even Moses wrote of Jesus. 
Jesus told the Jews that were standing around, you search the scriptures because you think you have life in them. And you know what? They were right. (laughs) If they would just hear it, if they would hear what the scriptures were themselves were testifying. But they refused. It says, you refuse to come to me that you will have life. It wasn't because it wasn't written about. It was because their hearts were hardened and they refused to hear what what, what Moses was writing about all along. There is a way to be searching the Scriptures, thinking that you have life in them and miss the whole point. To look at the Bible as if it's just some kind of rule book that tells us how to live only leads to a morality but it gives us no Savior. If it's just a rule book to tell us how to live, it condemns us because none of us can meet what that standard is. The only way that the Scriptures can give us life is because it points to Jesus. It points to the Lamb of God who took away our sins. Jesus told them, You search the Scriptures because you think that you have life. In them you have eternal life. It is they that bear witness of me. You refuse to come to me that you you may have eternal life. And he says, there's one who accuses you, Moses, on whom you have set your hope. If you believe Moses, you would believe me, for he wrote of me. But if you do not believe his writings, how will you believe my words? There's several things that I think we can apply this to. We need to recover the idea that the Bible tells us a true vision of reality. The world, our own lying eyes lie to us. When we look at the world, we see all the pleasures that people find in all kinds of different things that lead us away away from Christ. We, We, with our own eyes, we want to see evidence that something will work before we'll try it. But if we just do what His Word says and be patient and wait on the Lord, He will act. One of the manifestations of of this idea of of wanting some kind of greater sign than just the Scriptures, I think we find in in the the genre of literature, these these books that have come out about uh, someone telling how they died and then they came back and they have this vision of heaven. And now I'm not qualified to say whether or not those things are true. But why are they selling like hotcakes and everybody's reading them when we actually have someone who came down from heaven, told us what it was like, and then went back? (laughs) We should believe the Word before we believe an eight-year-old child who tells a story about what heaven is like. I'm not saying, well, that definitely didn't happen. But what I am saying is our confidence should not be in seeking some kind of a sign, seeking some kind of a miracle before our eyes. Our confidence should be in God's Word alone. 
When it comes to church growth, I've said from the very first, whenever I was first called as pastor here, what is it? What do we need to do to be a healthy church? What do we? We just need to do what the Bible says. We need to hear what the Bible says, believe what the Bible says, and do it. How were those men healed? How was that little boy healed? They heard Jesus' words. The father believed his words, and he went home and he found his son was alive. This man was healed from 38 years of lying by the pool. Jesus said, arise, take up your bed, and walk. And he was healed because he believed Jesus' words. What we need here in this church is not the greatest new program. What we need is not anything but Jesus. We need to hear Jesus' word, believe what he said, and do it. Thank you for listening to this message from Woburn Baptist Church. For more information, please visit us at www.wilburnbaptistchurch.org or you can also like us on Facebook.